my granny, and she's a, she, she's a granny. There, there are three types. There's grandmothers, there's grandmas, and there's grannies. Uh, I, I had a grandma and a granny. So my granny was my dad's mom. Uh, and she was a granny. She called them pretties. She called them pretties. Uh, and, and I can still, I can still hear her voice and see her face. Uh, kind of her high pitched voice. And yet it was also kind of, she had a weird voice. It was high pitched and yet it was kind of gravelly at the same time. And she always spoke with a, with a smile on her face and kind of a smile in her words. That's just kind of the, the, the way she was. That's just kind of the granny that she was. But I can still hear her saying, be careful with my pretties. They're to be looked at, not touched. Her pretties were a collection of, of knickknacks that she had on a shelf in her house. They, uh, th- they consisted of a, a salt and pepper shaker from probably one of her only vacations. Uh, a trip to the Grand Canyon, a Grand Canyon salt and pepper shaker. There, there are a couple glass birds and, and a couple other odds and ends that were on this, this, uh, this table. Um, see, my Granny Porman didn't have very much. She was, she was a, a widow, uh, widow twice. Uh, she lived in a small, very modest house that, that was in the shadow of the, the town's water tower that I grew up in. She drove an ancient old four fair lane. I guess it was still today and it could be fixed up. It'd be worth some money, but it wasn't worth very much back then. It was hard for her to even keep it going. She lived a very modest life, but, but she had a few treasures in her life. Her, her greatest treasure was her family. That was really without saying she loved her family, her kids, her grandkids, her great grandkids, even great, great, and I'm not so certain that maybe she had great, great, great grandkids before she passed passed away years later. But, but, but close to that, actually, there's a big gap. But one of the next things that were of great value to her were her pretties, the the knickknacks on that shelf, and those knickknacks had to be worth, I'm guessing, somewhere between five and six dollars. They they were. Another word for knickknacks is garbage. I mean, they were just, they, they just, there was no value, uh, at all. But, but can you imagine what goes through the mind of a five or six year old when someone says, look, but don't touch? You, you know what I thought, right? Look, but don't touch. There was, there was really nothing on that shelf that should have been of great interest to me. Uh, a five year old boy doesn't look at a, a set of salt and pepper shakers and think, wow, I could have such great fun with those. I'm going to gather my friends together and we, we can spend hours playing with the salt and pepper shakers. No, that was not the case at all, but, but there was something about that, that restriction. There was something about that look, but don't touch. Be careful with my pretties that, that caused me great curiosity. And, and I can remember every time that we went to my, to my granny's house. My, I would do it. My siblings would do it. My cousins would do it. We would walk into her house and we were drawn as if a magnet was pulling us over to that shelf to stand there and stare at her pretties. And she would say every time, be careful with my pretties. They're to be looked at, not touched. Can, can I make a confession today? I don't know that I've ever told anyone this you guys are the first confession is good for the soul uh, 
Can I confess today that one time when we walked into the house, our family arrived, and I, as as usual, walked over to her pretty shelf and looked at those standing there, longing to play with that salt and pepper shaker. Uh, that I, that I stood there and and after a few moments, everyone else was distracted. I glanced over and. Granny was talking to my mom and dad. The other kids had on, moved on to other things, and, and I was alone, just me and the pretties. <laughs> and I, I stood there, and, and with trembling hand, I started to reach out. I glanced again. Gran, granny was talking and laughing. Mom and dad's backs were turned. The kids were all gone. It was just me. And I reached up for that Grand Canyon salt and pepper shaker set. And then I saw her. I saw my granny's face. I saw her smile. I heard her unique, high-pitched, gravelly voice. I heard her laughter. Now, she was still in the other room distracted, but, but, but it's almost like she appeared there in front of me. And I realized maybe for the first time who she was. I realized that this strong, powerful, independent, resilient woman of God was my, was my granny. She was worthy of my love. She was worthy of my respect and of my honor. And, and yes, she was even worthy of my obedience. And even though I was, was so tempted to grab one of those shakers, I, I, I withdrew and walked away. Funny thing happened that day. I, I don't think after that I was ever really drawn back to those pretties on her shelf. Except when I was older. I think Rita and I might have been married. I was at her house once and I, I thought, I'm old enough now. And I went over and I, but, but I heard her yell, be careful with my pretties. And, uh, so that's the last time I worried about them. I don't know who ended up with her pretties, but I didn't end up with them. Two weeks ago we opened up Psalm, uh, Psalm 100. Uh, and we were introduced to the one who is worthy. The one who is worthy of honor and our love and our respect and our awe and our praise. We, we talked two weeks ago about this idea of being, uh, of there being in Psalm 100 a call to praise, a call to get excited. Uh, the, the reality that God is who he is should excite us. Uh, he, he talks about that, that we're to shout for joy, we're to come before him with with, with joyful attitudes that, that idea that, that when we understand and appreciate who God is, it really should excite us that we also should get real. We should, should take an honest look at ourselves and, and what a call to praise when we realize who God is and who we are, who, who, who He is as a person and His powerfulness and, and His might and His love and His generosity and who we are. And, and even though we don't deserve it, He offers love to us. Through, through the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ. And we're called to get up. We're, we're called to let that move us and stand up in awe of what that is. This, this morning, we'll, we'll look at the second half of that chapter and look at the second, second thought, the call to praise. And then this morning, we'll look at the cause to praise. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 100. Kind of hold that. We'll look at it a couple times and we're also going to look at a couple other verses in, uh, sections in Psalms, so kind of keep Psalms open. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew back in front of you, um, uh, and, and we uh, invite you to, to, to follow along. Psalm 100, let's read all five verses. Shout to the for joy to the Lord all the earth. 
worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. That's the call. That's the call to praise. Now, notice verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give him thanks, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The call, the cause to praise. We are, we are called, called to praise, but it brings up the natural question then with that call is why? Why praise him? Okay, we're called. The verse tells us to enter his courts with praise, to to have joyful hearts. Of, but but why? The the cause to praise then is clear in this passage in verses three through five. We'll look this morning. Um, we'll look this morning at just two simple thoughts. Really, two simple ideas. Uh, the first one is there in verse three, and it simply says this: Know that the Lord is God. If you want a cause to praise, there's your answer. Why, why praise God? Why, why give Him glory? Why, why honor Him? Why should we enter His courts with thanksgiving? Why should we get excited about who God is? Because the Lord is God. So if the worship band would come on up front, sermon's over, that's all we need to know, right? Well, you know me, I'm not going to stop there, but well, we'll talk a little bit about it. But really, is there anything else? And, and if you want to tune out, you can go ahead and tune out right now. If you'll remember that point, the Lord is God. Th- that is, that is just cause for us to praise Him. See, sometimes we complicate it. Sometimes we fuss over it. Sometimes we parse it. Sometimes we debate it. We struggle with it. We study it. We pray about it. We might even fight about things, but, but the reality is, the Lord is God. Genesis 1-1 says, uh, uh, what Genesis 1-1 says is true. It says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, so everything that we see, everything that's about us, all that we have was created by God. In, in John chapter 1, verse 1, John writes there, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it says that that in the beginning there was God, and also in the beginning there was was the Word who was with God. And what's God is talking about? Jesus there. That Jesus was was there at creation as well. So 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 understand this. Catch this idea. There's no greater motivating factor for us to praise God than this. If we're here because God created us, if, if you believe that that. That God created you, that God created this earth and this world and everything about it. If you believe that we're here because God created that, then, then, then what better reason, what better cause, what better motivating factor to praise Him than that? Now, now if you're confused about that, if you don't believe that, if you don't understand that, I understand maybe you don't have much reason to praise Him, but, but that answers the question why? We're called to praise him. Scripture says, hey, uh, and we know David's life. We've been talking about it here for a while. David's life wasn't always easy. Now, he was a king, and there were times that life was great, but 
But there were times that he was fleeing for his life. There were times that he didn't know if his next day was going to have a death for him. There were times that David was going through difficult things and then he could still call us to praise. He could still say we need to praise God because he understood this very simple fact, this very simple idea that, that, that God created, that God created him, that God, that, that the Lord is God. A few years ago, I, uh, one, one Christmas, it was after we had opened our Christmas presents. The, the kids were all adults, grown, had their own, married and had their own kids. And, and I, I asked the, the, my, my adult children, uh, after the, the presents had all been opened, I asked them this question, hey, do you remember, uh, do you remember what your favorite, or, or can you tell me what your favorite Christmas was? Look back over your, and I was talking more about when they were, were kids. What, what was your favorite Christmas? Now, now, Crystal's answer was different than my three sons because Crystal came in a little bit later in, in life. And I think her answer was her first Christmas with us. She had only been with us for about, uh, uh, about less than two weeks, I guess. And that was her favorite Christmas because that ended up being the, the first Christmas with her forever family. But, but the, the three boys, I think all three of them answered. I know the older two answered this. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Now, I, I gotta let you in on a little, little secret. My son Brian, my oldest son, watches the, my sermon every Sunday. Uh, usually Sunday afternoon. I don't know what, what, he must have boring Sunday afternoons that he watches my sermon. So Brian, call me if that's not what you answer, but I'm pretty sure it is, uh, when I say this. Uh, they, they answered, oh, that's easy, Dad. The year we went to Chicago. See, see, for one Christmas, we bought the boys uh, and Crystal wasn't there yet. We bought the three boys Bulls tickets. That, that was right in the height of Michael Jordan when he was, he, uh, he was, uh, was flying high figuratively and literally. And, and, and we bought him Bulls tickets and we flew to Chicago, stayed in a big old fancy hotel. Well, it's a big hotel. I don't know how fancy, but we stayed in this hotel in downtown Chicago and, and we went to a Bulls game. And I mean, uh, oh, easy. That's our favorite Christmas that we remember. Had my sons asked me, I don't remember they did after that conversation, but had they asked, hey, Dad, what was your favorite Christmas, particularly, you know, when they were kids, my answer would have been the same. It, it was that Christmas when, when we bought the tickets to Chicago, bought the tickets to the Bulls game. And you want to know why? It's because when they opened those gifts, and I don't remember did if we had an airline ticket in the Raptor or the Bulls ticket or what what it was, but... But when they opened it up and they looked at it for a second, it you know was a little bit of confusion. Finally, it hit them what it was, and I mean, they just freaked out. They were so excited, and and after a couple moments, almost in unison, it it hit them all three somewhat at the same time that wow, we have and parents this 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 comes randomly at from time to time. So some of you parents that are struggling, maybe you're not feeling this. It will come from time to time from your kids. They had a moment there for just a second. They looked at Rita and I like, you are the best parents in the world. <laughs> now, it, it, it was it was brief. They came and hugged us, and then they were back to about, wow, this, I'm going to wear my bull, my Michael Jordan jersey, and, you know, and we were a second thought again. But, but for a moment, it was like they looked at us like, wow, you are it. When, when we realized that the simplest things in life as well as the most astounding things on, in life are ours because 
the Lord is God. The holding a newborn for the first time. Rising early or staying up and watching a beautiful sunrise or sunset. A proud parent moment, whether it's in academics or or life or sports, watching your child do something that brings you pride. The joy of a loving spouse who who loves you unconditionally, a perfectly cooked steak, whatever it might be. When we have those those moments in life of pure joy, if we realize they come because the Lord is God, how could we not praise Him? James puts it this way in, in uh, his book in uh, in the New Testament, James chapter 1, verse 17. If you want to mark that, I'm going to just read it from my notes here. But James 1, 17 says this. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. It really is simple as this. The Lord is God. And, and if he is God, then it implies a couple things. The, uh, he, he doesn't state it implicitly here, but it's implied when he says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It implies a couple things. First of all, it implies that, that he is in control. When we understand or accept or believe or let it, let it kind of filter in our spirits that, hey, God is really in control. God is in charge of this universe, and he's in charge of our life. God is really in control. Man, how powering that is for us to understand that God is the one who is in control. Reed and I used to, and I've talked about it a few times, used to travel to Southern California to visit her mom. Her mom remarried uh, probably in her 70s, early 70s, uh, uh, a, a guy that, that, that she had known early in life, and he lived in Southern California. His name was Bob. Rita referred to him all the years as Daddy Bob, and, and she loved her Daddy Bob, and, and, and so we'd travel out there all the time, and, and, and Daddy Bob, when we would go somewhere together, if all, all of us get in the car, he would have me drive, and, and Daddy Bob used to say this about me, and, that, and I tell you what, when he'd say that, I'd just kind of swell up my, my Barney Fife sniffle and swell up with pride, but Bob would always say this, well, Tim, you drive like you've lived in Southern California your whole life. Now, there's lots of things I liked about Southern California. I, I love the weather. I, I love the beach. I love the attractions. And I'm a little bit weird here. I love to drive in Southern California. I guess it's the challenge. You know, I love going down a seven or eight lane highway, knowing that I can be, you know, I can go from the carpool lane to, to eight lanes over to the, the exit lane. I can do it. Traffic can be bumper to bumper, but I can do it. And so every once in a while when I'd pull something like it, Bob would say, boy, Tim, it's, it's like you've lived in Southern California your whole life. And I'd, yeah. <laughs> now, I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> a week at a time is about all of Southern California drive, and I, 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 I could take. I, I think it was after uh, Daddy Bob passed away and Rita's mom stayed out there for a few more years. We'd go out there, and, and we'd get in the car and go. And now instead of Bob sitting beside me, it'd be Rita and, and Virginia. Um, Rita's mom. I, w- I wish you could have known Rita's mom. She's a, she was a sweet. Our couple of you had a chance to meet Virginia. She's a sweet. I call Rita Virginia every once in a while. Sometimes I'm making fun of her. Sometimes, mostly I'm, I'm complimenting her. And, uh, so Virginia would be in the backseat. Virginia in Southern California drove to, uh, 
Target, which was just down Seal Beach Boulevard, one road, just drove about a mile to Target. And she'd drive to Walmart, which is another road about two or three miles. And she'd drive downtown Seal Beach, which kind of was almost a small town feel, just a mile or so again from her house. So this Virginia, who really didn't drive in Southern California, would sit in the back seat. And, and I'd never hear her saying it to me, but I'd hear her whisper to Rita, does Tim know he needs to be in the other lane? <laughs> does Tim know he needs to watch his speed here? Does Tim know you've got to get out of the carpool lane here pretty soon if you're going to exit? I never said anything. I just smiled and thought, Bob thought I'd drive to Southern California my whole life. Virginia, come on. <laughs> sometimes we, uh, sometimes we think God is messing up. <laughs> sometimes we think, God, we're, we're supposed to be in that lane over there. Don't you know we're in the wrong lane? Sometimes we think, God, God, we, you just blew by the exit. That's the exit I wanted, God. Why do you have a still in this lane missing that exit? Sometimes we struggle to understand that, but oh, oh, when we understand that God is in control, what, what cause, what beautiful cause to give him praise. Uh, it, it implies that he's in, in control. It also implies that he is powerful. The Lord is God. He made us. If we can wrap our minds around this, it will change our thinking about praise. See, God's powerful. He created all. If you ever hold, hold Psalm 100 open and, and will you, uh, uh, move back with me to Psalm chapter 19. So go back, uh, go back, uh, 80 chapters or so, uh, Psalm 19. And let's just see what David, again, we have David talking here, what, what he says in Psalm 19. We'll look just at the first six verses there. He says this. Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth for his, from his pavilion like a champion rejoicing to run his course. He rises at one end of the heavens and makes it circuit to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. God is is powerful. If God could create the universe that we enjoy, is he not worthy of our praise? Uh, it implies a couple things, but it also states... It also states a couple things. Again, the second part of verse 3, it is he who made us and we are his. See, see, we are planned. We are planned. God, uh, God planned you. He, he looked down on his creation and said, I need someone that has this personality. I need someone who has this heart of service. I need someone who has this sense of love. I need someone who has this sense of humor. God, God looked down on earth and he saw you and he planned you. He looked down on earth and said, said, I need a, I need a Maggie or I need a Jean or I need a Lori or I need a, a Gary or, or, or I need a Sherman or, or, or I, 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 
Trying to find another face. <laughs> I need a Malik. I, I need you. See, you were planned. Oh, over, keep, again, Psalm 100 open and go back now to, or forward to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, starting with verse 13, says this. It talks about how God knew you before you were ever born, how he had planned you. For you created my inmost being, verse 13. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Before you were ever born. For, for a couple of you here this morning that, that, that have a child in you, God knew them and knows them now. We are planned and we are his. It is he who made us and we're his. See, the, the Lord is God. What other reason to praise him? Whatever cause to praise him, the Lord is God. Let's, let's just point out one more thing. I'm not going to develop this at all. Just, just want you to see it from, from Scripture there. Verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. It's his love that endures forever. His faithfulness, faithfulness continues through all generations. We're called to praise we're called to praise because the Lord is who he is and the cause to praise is because the Lord is God and the Lord is good. Worship band can come on up front. My granny, as I mentioned earlier, didn't have much. Her her family, her kids, uh, well, let's just be honest, it went then to grandkids and, and then we... We went to the the wayside, and it was the great grandkids were uh, were some of the most important things to her. So it was her family, and then way down were her pretties. But you know what the 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 other thing that she prized it really was her most prized possession, more so than her pretties. Her most prized possession was actually something that she let us touch. It was something that she let us play with. It was something that she let us be on. Her, her most prized possession was her rocking chair. My granny had an old wooden creaky rocking chair that sat in the middle, middle of her living room. And whenever you walked into her house, unexpected or, or expected for that matter, most times you could find granny sitting in the rocking chair, singing a hymn or humming a hymn. She might be in the rocking chair looking at the TV, watching her stories. Anyone know what story? That was her uh, 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 soap operas, watching her stories. Or maybe she was just sitting in her rocking chair smiling as she often did. But see, that old wooden, wooden rocking chair was a prized possession to her. Really because of, of one thing. That's where she rocked her babies. I don't remember being rocked in that rocking chair, but I know I was. Several years later, when Reed and I took our oldest son, Brian, back to Illinois for the first time and made a trip over to Granny's house, and we walked in, I don't know if she acknowledged us or not, but 
She said, give me the baby. And then she said something about, oh, great, another champ boy. She was afraid the champ name was going to somehow die out. I had three boys. I have six or seven grandson champ boys, so champ name's fine. But uh, give me the baby. And up in her arms, the baby would go, and she would rock like she was in a hurry. And she would pat the baby as hard as she could on the, the bottom and sing a hymn. And she was in her glory when she had her baby in her arms. We did it again with Joel and again with Caleb. Crystal refused to get in her lap when we brought her when she was 15. But each, each grandchild, each great-grandchild, each great-great, ended up in her arms in that rocking chair. Her arms in that rocking chair. We remember that the Lord is God. It all belongs to Him, and we're His. And He has us. He's in control. He's wrapped His arms around us, and He's put us in His care, and life is good. We're called to praise. We have ample cause to praise. Would you pray for me? Father, we thank You this morning that you are a good, good God, that you love us, that you care for us, that you, you loved us so much that you sent your son Christ. And Father, we pray this morning that you can help us understand the cause to praise, that we can realize that you're in control, that you're good, that you're there. Father, we sometimes get in the way, sometimes we want to tell you how to do it, but Lord, you're there and we just know that you will guide and direct us. Father, we thank you for that. Lord, help us. Help us give you praise this morning. We thank you for this day, this morning, that we've got to come together and just praise you as a body uh, in this church. Lord, help us leave this place still with that praise on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? As we stand.